0: What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies without remorse and the personal history of David Copperfield. But first, let's talk about the movie Without Remorse. This was probably my most highly anticipated movie of 2021 so far. I wanted to see this movie. I knew it was based off a Tom Clancy novel. I'm a fan of the Jack Ryan series starring John Krasinski. And when I heard that Michael B. Jordan was the star of this movie, I knew it was a movie for me. And for the most part, I liked what I got out of this movie. I know a lot of people are not liking this movie. I'll tell you why I don't think it's perfect, but I don't think it's Nearly as bad as everyone is saying that it is. And that starts with the lead of this movie, Michael B. Jordan, who might not be the best actor on planet Earth, but he is without a doubt one of the best movie stars in the world. Not only has he starred in smaller films like Fruitvale Station, Chronicle, and Just Mercy, he's also starred in massive studio films like Creed and Black Panther, which for me is the second best villain performance in a Superhero movie ever next to The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. I think it's that good. People who don't like that performance drive me crazy. The word I would use to describe Michael B. Jordan as a performer is electric. When he is on screen, he is the most interesting thing. And I think that's really hard to be when you're the leading man. Take a movie like this, for instance. He is playing kind of a boring guy who goes through an extraordinary circumstance yet he is the most interesting thing in the movie. I'll get to that in a minute but nobody else in this movie helps elevate it other than Michael B. Jordan. For him to be the best thing in almost everything he's in that's hard to do when you're the lead of a movie because so many leading actors are boring. Michael B. Jordan is the opposite of that. Jordan's next project include the film A Journal for Jordan, which will be directed by Denzel Washington, and Creed Free, where Michael B. Jordan will make his directorial debut. So Michael B. Jordan might be having a massive, massive upcoming few years. I could see him getting an Oscar nomination in the next two or three years, because I do think he's super underrated, and he probably should have been Oscar nominated for Fruitvale Station, or especially for his performance in Black. Panther. I mean, that film was nominated for Best Picture, and there was no acting performances nominated, and Michael B. Jordan gave the best performance of that movie, and I think the best performance I've seen in a Marvel film. I'll go that high with it. It's not Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. It's Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. I saw that performance, and I was like, I have never seen anything like that before. The supporting cast of Without Remorse includes Joni Turner-Smith from Queen & Slim, a very good movie that features an incredible performance from Daniel Kaluuya and Smith, Jamie Bell from Rocket Man, I really liked him in that movie, and Guy Pearce from Memento and the Rover, and they are all okay in this movie, but none of them stand out, and that's one of the biggest issues I have with the movie, is that the lead character is the only one interesting. Michael B. Jordan is carrying this movie on his back, and you well, yes, that's great to watch and he makes it good, but it's also suffering from the fact that there's no other actor in the movie that you want to spend any time with. And that is why this film, Without Remorse, is far, far from perfect. And I'll tell you what this movie really needed. It needed a big bad villain that the audience cared about. It needed a movie star bad guy played by Gary Oldman, Willem Dafoe, Mark Strong, Mads Mikkelsen, or Christoph Waltz—actors who are well known for playing bad guys and for doing crazy accents—because that would have made this movie so much more entertaining. Great spy thrillers have a great lead, but they also have great villains. Look at Tenet. Tenet had John David Washington as the hero; we all loved him. But then Kenneth Branagh came in as his crazy bad Bond-like villain, and I think that made. it a lot better than it had any right to be because the bad guys in these movies really matter. I didn't know what the threat was in without remorse. But if you had brought in a bad guy played by like Gary Oldman, I would have thought this movie was a masterpiece. That's how simple the problem was. Michael B. Jordan needed an enemy that I cared about. Somebody who comes on screen and you're like, oh yeah, that's the bad guy of this movie. That's the guy who took this guy family away. But the film did not have that, and I think it suffered from it badly. I think the biggest critique of this movie is that it's too simple, it's too bland, it's too basic, it feels like a movie we've seen before. Well, guess what? We just got a spy action thriller, the likes of which we've never seen before, Tenet, and nobody seemed to care for it. They all said it's too overcomplicated. This plot doesn't make any sense, so I don't really understand what audience wants. From a spy thriller anymore. Do they want something as overcomplicated as Tenet or do they want something simple and basic like Without Remorse? Because I'll tell you this there is no down the middle. You're either going to get a super complicated spy thriller or a movie like Without Remorse that feels like it was made in 1998. That's what you're going to get. And it doesn't feel like anyone likes either options right now. I like Tenet way more than. I liked Without Remorse and I feel like more people are going to feel a lot better about the movie Tenet after seeing Without Remorse. This movie was written by Taylor Sheridan who is one of my favorite screenwriters. He's written Sicario, Hell or High Water, and Wind River and later this month his next film Those Who Wish Me Dead which he also directed starring Angelina Jolie, Nicholas Holt, and John Berthal comes out. Also the director of this movie is Stefano Salima who directed Sicario, Dale The Soldado, which is also written by Taylor Sheridan. So these two have made a movie before. I don't think this is the best Taylor Sheridan script or the best Taylor Sheridan movie. That's still like Sicario, Wind River, Hell or High Water. Those movies are far better than Without Remorse. I just think the issue I have with Without Remorse and this script is there is no humor whatsoever. This movie takes itself way way too seriously. I thought this was going to be like the Jack Ryan Amazon show with John Krasinski where there's like some humor and there's some action. Without Remorse takes itself way too seriously and I think that's something audiences do not want to see in 2021. Yes, I want to see a mindless action film. No, I don't want it to be filled with stupid humor but I want to have some sense of humor in that world. I don't think that's asking all the that much. I don't want the movie to be an outright comedy, but I also think Michael B. Jordan is charismatic enough where he shouldn't be in the most deadly serious spy thriller of all time. And that's what Without Remorse is trying to be. There is no sense of humor in this movie whatsoever. And I get it. This movie is about a guy trying to avenge the loss of his pregnant wife. That's a lot to take in. There's not going to be a lot of humor in the movie. But to take yourself so deadly serious all the time. I don't think it's something audiences want in 2021 and I hope moving forward if this franchise does get a sequel, which it sounds like it's going to, that there is a little more, I don't know, not humor, but stop taking yourself so deadly seriously as a spy thriller because it's not going to work in the long run. Do you know why Marvel movies are successful? Because yes, they give you that plot, that serious plot, they give you the bad guy, they give you the stakes, but they also give you a sense of humor. I don't want Without Remorse to be as funny as a Marvel film, but I also don't want it to be as serious as a political thriller. There should be some weird in-between. Michael B. Jordan is too charismatic to be playing the most deadly serious spy assassin I've ever seen in a major motion picture. I'm sorry, that's not what I want from my movie stars. I think he's really good in the movie, but I don't think the movie knows what it has in him. I don't think this was a perfect first entry whatsoever. Again, the movie lacked a villain, but Michael B. Jordan's performance was good enough for me to want to come back to the sequel if and when it's made. I'm willing to give this franchise another chance because I think there's something there. I hope there's a crossover with John Krasinski's Jack Ryan, and when Michael B. Jordan is in a movie, I'm going to see that movie anyway. I don't hate this movie. I liked Without Remorse, but it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. That being said, I still think you should check out Without Remorse, because Michael B. Jordan is special in it, even if the movie's not. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie, The Personal History of David Copperfield. This is one of those movies I heard about early on in the year. It landed on PVOD when the pandemic started, and I wanted to see it. I waited so long, and then finally, I saw this movie, and it lived up to my expectations. Listen, when you hear Charles Dickens' novel adaptation about David Copperfield, that might not get you excited, but then when you see this movie, it blew me away. I think it's one of the very best films of 2020, and one of the biggest reasons why is the leading actor, Dev Patel, who has become one of the very best leading men ever since he broke out in Danny Boyle's Slumdog Millionaire, which of course, one Best Picture at the Oscar. Since then, he's been in Lion with Nicole Kidman and Rooney Mara and was Oscar nominated in that film. He gives a delightful performance in this film and also gives great narration. Patel proves himself to be one of the funniest leading men out there. He is so funny in this movie. It was surprisingly so. I've seen him in Skins, which is a British sitcom. I really liked him in that show. I think he can play any and all types of characters. I think one of the most important things about being a leading man is you have to get me to root for you, and that's what Dev Patel does. You root for him in the movie Lion, and you definitely root for him in this movie as David Copperfield. Upcoming films from Patel include... The Green Knight from director David Lowry with Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, and Sean Harris, and Monkey Man, which Patel will not only star in, but make his directorial debut. I cannot wait for The Green Knight. Dev Patel with director David Lowery sounds like a match made in heaven. David Lowry has made some of my favorite films, Ain't Them Body Saints, A Ghost Story, and The Old Man and the Gun. So I cannot wait for this movie, The Green Knight. It was pushed back because of the pandemic. It's finally coming out. Dev Patel, mark my words, in the next five years, Dev Patel is going to win an Oscar. Also in this movie is Tilda Swinton and Hugh Laurie, who are both marvelous in this film. This is what Swinton does. She shows up in a movie and gives a great quirky performance. She did it in her Oscar-winning role in Michael Clayton and in the Coen Brother films Burn After Reading and Hail Caesar and in Bong Joon-ho, Snowpiercer and and in The Souvenir. As for Laurie, since his hit show, House Ended, he has become a reliable supporting actor in two miniseries, The Night Manager with Tom Hiddleston, Olivia Coleman, and Elizabeth Debicki, and Catch-22 with Christopher Abbott, Kyle Chandler, and George Clooney. In this movie, his scenes with Dev Patel, where they fly a kite, are my favorite. He has insane amount of chemistry with Dev Patel. Hugh Laurie and Dev Patel, need to make at least five more movies together because they make this movie fantastic. The rest of the supporting cast includes Ben Whishaw from A Very English Scandal and Mary Poppins Returns, Anurin Barnyard from Dunkirk, and Benedict Wong who is sneaky good in some really good movies like Sunshine, The Martian, Doctor Strange, and Annihilation. The director of this movie is Armando Iannucci, who is one of the most underrated directors working today. He has- has a clear comedic style, and his films are endlessly entertaining and interesting. I really liked his previous film, The Death of Stalin, starring Steve Buscemi, Rupert Friend, and Jason Isaacs. This film, The Personal History of David Copperfield, is one of the funniest films of 2020 and probably the feel-good movie of the year. From start to finish, it's a pure joy, something we don't get a lot of in movies nowadays. This movie and the Emma remake that came out early in 2020 starring Anya Taylor-Joy are fresh takes on period pieces. Usually those movies take themselves way too seriously, but those films use comedy, which I think is way more effective. You also see it happening in television with The Great and Dickinson. That comedy makes these period pieces more timely, interesting, important, now more than ever. Nobody wants to see a straight-up adaptation of, let's say, Pride and Prejudice. I love the Kira Knightley movie but now if they remade that right now they would probably make it a comedy and it would probably be a lot more popular because these types of movies are getting some of the best performances in movies and television. Dev Patel is great in the personal history of David Copperfield. Anya Taylor-Joy was great in Emma. Haley Steinfeld is tremendous in Dickinson. That's a show that not enough people are watching Al Fanning and Nicholas Holt are great in The Great, no pun intended. I just like what they're doing with period pieces nowadays. It's more interesting. It's making it relatable. They're making these shows and movies for a younger audience. A lot of people like the work of Charles Dickinson, but you could not get me to watch a real adaptation of The Personal History of David Copperfield. But if you make it fun and entertaining, starring a lot of movie stars like Dev Patel, Tilda Swinton, Hugh Laurie, then I'm going to sit down and give it my full attention and I'm going to have a good time doing so. Also, this has to be said, this is one of those movies that was completely ignored by the Oscars. There are at least three performances in this film that should have at least gotten Oscar consideration and that comes from the lead Dev Patel. I'm sorry, he gives a better performance than some of those people who were nominated for Oscars. He's that good in this movie. He's that fun in this movie. He is in almost every scene of this movie. It is one of the best performances of 2020. He should have gotten an Oscar nomination. And the other is Hugh Laurie. He is tremendous in this movie. Like I said earlier, his scenes with Dev Patel are great. That's what a great supporting performance is supposed to be. A guy shows up in a movie for 15 minutes or so and makes you remember that he was in that movie. I will never forget that Hugh Laurie was in The Personal History of David Copperfield and the other performance is Tilda Swinton. I know she already has an Oscar. I know this has kind of become her thing showing up in movies and doing some weird quirky characters but she's so good at it. How each and every year she's not nominated for an Oscar is beyond me. My favorite movies are the ones that have great cast. This movie has an insane cast and their performances are so good. This movie is just as good as The Trial of the Chicago 7. I know it doesn't feel like an Oscar bait movie, but this movie should have been in the best picture discussion at the Oscars. That's how good I think the personal history of David Copperfield is. It has the comedy. It has an interesting plot of a guy who was poor and becomes rich and doesn't know what to do with his life, and then he doubts who he is as a real person. I think that's an important story. I think the comedy is laugh out loud funny. But more importantly, this movie is entertaining. Everything about it, the look, the humor, the performances, every single thing about the personal history of David Copperfield makes this movie a near masterpiece. I think it is one of the best films of 2020, and it should have gotten some Oscar love. I really like when you watch a movie and you can tell who directed the movie. Like when I saw this movie, I could tell that Armando Anucci was the director because I saw Death of Stalin and he makes his movies in a similar tone. It's like watching a Wes Anderson film. You can tell that Wes Anderson made that movie. It's like Adam McKay with Vice in the big short. You can tell who made that movie. He has a distinct style. Distinct styles and distinct directors are my favorite and I think that the absolute best. It's like Noah Baumbach. You can watch The Squid and the Whale and then you can watch Merit Story and you can tell that was directed by the same person because they have a distinct style. Those are my favorite directors. The ones that you can tell which movies they directed because only they could have pulled that off and only Armando Iannucci could have pulled off a movie like The Personal History of David Copperfield. I could not recommend this movie anymore. But the biggest reason I recommend this movie is because of the performances of Dev Patel, Hugh Laurie, and Tilda Swinton. And because of that, I highly recommend you check out The Personal History of David Copperfield. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week, I put the spotlight on the movies without remorse and the personal history of David Copperfield. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on the movies Greenland starring Gerard Butler and Morena Baccarin and Monster starring Kelvin Harrison Jr., Jennifer Hudson, and Jeffrey Wright. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.